Welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. And now back here on the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast, it's time... To bring him in, it's time to welcome the Dodfather. The magic bullet they now have in their holster, which they will apply. Nick Saban and Jim Harbaugh make a combined $20 million this season. Those two guys alone will make $13 million more than the entire Mac. Dennis! How are you doing? Good. Coming out from behind the curtain, thanking the band. We got a great list of guests tonight. No, that's Fallon. Sorry, <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, hey, let's let's actually start with uh, where you've been this week. You took a trip, uh, got on the road, went on over to Ames to the hottest team in the state of Iowa, the Iowa State Cyclones. So before we get to Matt Campbell, before uh, your discussions behind the scenes, going into your trip, do you think that Iowa State is one of the fifteen best teams in college football? You know, based on their accomplishments, I think they are. Uh, those two top five wins, uh, I, I researched this. You know, who was the, who was the last team to beat two top five teams in the season? Well, it was Houston last year. Oh. <laughs> Oklahoma and Louisville, believe it or not. Um, but uh, that cannot be uh, undervalued. It's just the way they've gotten there. I mean, talent level, no. Uh, quarterback, you know, the former starting quarterback at middle linebacker calling signals, fifth year senior walk on quarterback starting. No, but uh, Matt Campbell has instilled something in there. They do play good defense. They're pretty good in the other two. Uh, I'm sorry, not very good on offense, but pretty good in the other two phases. Um, and, and just this is why we love college football. This could never happen in the NFL. Kyle Kemp's could never happen. In the NFL, and, and, and right now, uh, yeah, they are one of the 15 best teams. But you know, we'll we'll find out. You know, they've got they've obviously got a big game this week, and we'll see. Mm. So, what do you think is going to happen this weekend? Uh, well, it's going to be tough, <laughs> <laughs> uh, as it, as it was against as it was against TCU, and as it was against uh, you know against uh, against Oklahoma, but. And teams now have film and, and know what they're going to do. So uh, it, it's going to be a little different. But I think that works in their favor. No one's figured them out yet. Uh, West Virginia, you know, gave up, what, 500-something yards to Oklahoma State. Uh, and they do – that is their Achilles heel. They don't defend the ball very well. So, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they won out there. But, the, you know, they still got a long way to go. I, I don't think they'll – they'll win the big 12 i think it's a great story right now and it's a good turnaround story so you know the the post game speech from matt campbell yeah in the locker room went viral uh over the weekend um you know it was just sort of impressive to see his approach and um and and i think that tells a lot about kind of the way he's grounded and the way he's you know, he's built from a coaching perspective, being around the program this week, maybe talking to, to him and the people around him. What were some of your impressions of Matt Campbell? How big of a star is this guy? Um, you know, is this the next 
is this the next superstar head coach somewhere in you know, the Power 5 program or what? I mean, I know he's already at Iowa State, yeah. but obviously he's going to be a hot name here uh, moving forward. Well, and he, and he knows that, and that was the story. You know, I asked him how, if, he, if he'd gotten any calls, and um, I asked the AD if he'd gotten any calls, and, and, and not yet, at least telling me that. But Matt can't right now. Matt Campbell totally insulated from that sort of stuff. Just you know, coaching ball. He doesn't have an agent. Uh, he relies on a financial advisor and a lawyer to negotiate his contract. If he keeps going like this, that will have to change. Uh, but that that's a story for another time. Uh, you know, they're Iowa State's just reveling in the moment. They've been, you know, I don't have to tell you they've won their own. They won their only conference championship in 1912. Uh, and now they're tied for the Big 12 lead with with five weeks to go. They just completed their first undefeated month, 4-0, since uh, 1937. What? Oh, yeah. They haven't been 4-0 in, in any month, you know, undefeated in any month since 1937. Oh. <laughs> and when I told Matt Campbell that, he said, you're telling me that right now? I never heard of that. That's amazing. <laughs> Damn. So, yeah, so that that's the story, and I had an in-depth conversation with the AD Jamie Pollard about that. He opened up about you know being able to hold on and keep him. So, um, yeah, and we can talk about that, but but right now they're they're concentrated on ball. Well, do you think that they keep him? Like, what's what's your outlook on, on I, I, Matt Campbell yeah. in the, here in the next you know year or two? Yeah, I I think I don't think there's anywhere for him right now. It, it, he'll he'll stay this year because I you know the Florida Tennessee. He's not a. He doesn't. He's not of that culture. He's from Ohio. You know, if something in the Big Ten was open. Yes, a better job in the Big Ten. Seems like a yes. perfect fit for like a Michigan State. A Michigan State. Yeah, something like that. And and Coach D isn't leaving anytime soon. So there's not a fit this year. So I think he stays. Um, you know, if 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 Tennessee strikes out and starts going down the list, they may get may may give him a call. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he stayed. You know, it's like you have to make your bones first. He has been at Toledo for five years, and and they lost – or they won less than nine only one time in those five years. Uh, but I think Tennessee would have to get down the list. I don't know if Florida gets to him. It's a Scott Frost, Justin Fuente, Dan Mullen type of thing, and I think that's going to work itself out. It's a fairly prohibitive – buyout at Iowa State too, isn't it? Didn't he have a pretty big number attached to his name? Uh, 9.4 million. Yeah. And uh, Jamie Pollard Jamie Pollard went in depth on that. I, I didn't use it in the story much because the story is long enough, but his philosophy is, okay, not, you know, I'm going to get one for one on these dollars. You know, if you want me to guarantee uh, you know, all of your contract or a certain part of your contract, you've got to give me the buyout on the back end. And that, that's how he operates. So Matt Campbell's making two point six million a year. He just this is an amazing note. He just picked up a five hundred thousand dollar bonus, guys, for winning his sixth game of the year. Six wow. games. <laughs> Six games. So I mean that tells me the administration was w- willing to roll the dice on that one. You know, it's like you know, hey, it's a win win if he gets there. You know, we've won six games over bowl eligible. We can make the sure. money back, but but he just did that. So uh, yeah, and so you know why? Why wouldn't you? If in, in this age of of these monster buyouts, these ads have to protect themselves. You mentioned so where you go ahead. Well, I think you were going to go in the same direction, Chip. But yeah. you know where, where where are you now? I guess we'll start with Florida. There's probably a couple schools we can hit on. Uh, let's start with Florida. It sounds like you kind of got a couple names that you, you you know. It seems like there's a lot of 
of tea leaves and and indicators that Scott Frost yeah. is emerging as the favorite there. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, and, and then it just that in itself is a story because you know I I wrote and I was told that if if Nebraska offered he would go to Nebraska. Well, that was before the Florida job came open, and is is in fact Nebraska dragging its feet right now. You know they they still have a coach. Yeah. So Florida's beating them to the punch, and knowing Florida and the way they operate, they're you know they've made contact with Scott Frost. They're way down the line, third party stuff probably, but um, I'm sure he's well aware of their interest. And, and, and is Scott Frost? Does he want to go home, go home to Mama, as uh, Bear Bryant used to say, or do you go to the to the powerhouse in in state with uh, with maybe more resources? So I don't know. I don't know where his head's at, but I do agree with you. I think they're they're kind of settling on him. I don't think that Scott Strickland, the AD, wants to hire Dan Mullen. He may have to if he doesn't get you know one or two other guys because Dan Mullen's a handful. He's a great coach, uh, but he's a handful. There's a reason he's still at Mississippi State. Uh, off the field, he's he's a he's a little bit you know of a management issue. Uh, and, and I'm just talking attitude. There's nothing morally wrong with him. Be just right. a tough guy to handle. Uh, so he may have to hire Dan Mullen. I think they want to hire Scott Frost or or a Fuente or uh, I, th- I think Willie Taggart's out because he said he was out. Uh, you know, I don't. I take him at his word. He's not. He's not leaving Oregon after one year. So I think that's where it is right now. Do you think that Dan Mullen is uh, going to put his name out for? a lot like any job that would be a step up from Mississippi state. Like where, what is your read on the, the thinking from Dan Mullins camp? Because this would be yet another cycle where his name is on the list, but ultimately not the name yeah. uh, for a power five job that would be a step up. I think he would be a fine addition at Tennessee or Nebraska. Because I, I, you know, tenant, I, I, he has a reputation in the SEC of, of being that off well around the country of the quarterbacks he's developed in national championships and Urban Meyer. I think they would welcome that at, at Tennessee and and uh, at Nebraska because Nebraska needs an identity and and they don't have one. You know, they they'd have one with a guy who can recruit and and play some offense and get some quarterbacks. And so I, I think. You know, I, I think he might have a chance uh, at either of those two places. And really, the, the pivot point, again, in a lot of this is Scott, Scott Frost. What does he do? Um, I, don't, I don't know, Barton. What, who, where is Tennessee headed? Because I don't have – That's don't the really hard have, one. Right, right. Like I don't have that, a, No, I, I don't either. I think it's fascinating to think, A, so Scott Frost is basically a dr- absolute – dream hire for nebraska and you're saying that he would be interested and now all of a sudden florida could jump in here i mean how well, yeah. hard would that be for nebraska fans to watch that happen oh it would be it would be horrible um, and, and you know and, and i think that with mullen like I, what i've always heard with mullen is he's he is happier in in starkville than people think assume okay. but yeah. he wants to win a national title and so yeah. i don't think he can win a national title in mississippi state you can definitely, obviously, you can win one at Florida. Can you? Can does he feel like he can go win one at Tennessee? Does he feel like he can go win one better at Nebraska? I, in, in my eyes, like 
I'm not sure I would look at Nebraska as an easier job right now than Mississippi State, at least not significantly. Do you agree with that? Yeah, no, no, I, I agree with you, yes. Because, again, they don't have an identity. There's no reason they should be where they are. And I may, I may have said it here, or but I've, I know I've said it elsewhere, that you know, the embarrassing part for Nebraska is there's a school in that division, which is in a rural state, in a state capital, in a state with few players, that keeps changing coaches, that has been to four of the last six yeah. uh, Big Twelve, ti- Big Ten title games, and that's Wisconsin. Yeah, um, you know, and they, they've got Big Daddy Barry Alvarez there pulling the strings to their credit, but but Nebraska's aimless right now. So yeah, I I I, I absolutely agree with that. Mississippi State, look, he took. I mean, if his tombstone says, if he if he does nothing else, his tombstone will read. Mississippi State was number one in the country for five weeks in 2014. That in itself is an amazing accomplishment. Right. <laughs> no, he's got. But that's missed- it. But that's all. That's all the tombstone will say, though. That's the, yeah. that's the problem. You know. Well, and, and and Alex Smith and Tim Tebow and two national championships. You know, he was as a, as a coordinator. Sure. As a yeah. coordinator, not yeah. a head coach. You're right. 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 What's the? All right. Listen to me here, Dennis. What do you think about Nebraska coach Jim McElwain? Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to spit uh, this it, into the it universe. Gets him, it gets him closer to his uh, vacation home in Montana. Uh, after after what happened Sunday, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if he just goes to Oregon State. You wow. know, so you, it's, it's, it's yeah. You, well, you you threw Oregon State out before, like with I McElwain. did. I can't remember I if it was on this podcast or whether you, it was something you wrote. I wrote um, it. Yeah. Is was that, and that was before all this went down. Was that were you? Was that just like, hey, I got a hunch, or was that like, hey, you know what, I'm hearing this is not quite a, a, a great situation in Florida. Like, I, I'm curious where that came from, and and obviously without getting too specific, and then whether, you know, whether you are, you know, feel even better about that now, like, with the, as that being a destination. Well, yeah, that's turned about three different ways since I said that. No, it was, <laughs> it was. I, I knew he was dissatisfied. Well, we knew he was dissatisfied at Florida for a lot of reasons. He's a yeah. West. Turns out, or he's more of a West Coast guy than I thought. I was told that he it was really an inconvenience for him to get to this Montana vacation home, uh, not being able to get to it more from Florida. And, you know, just the crap, the shark thing, the, the lack of appreciation, which was real, and, and he, he should have felt that. And, and at that point, I think Oregon State was the only one open. Yeah. Uh, I think so. And, you know, you know what? What the heck? Why not just? Uh, why not just go out there? And then I started to think about it and go, well, he's going to make them fire him because he makes four point four million a year, and he's not going to make four point four million at Oregon State. Well, it turns out he didn't care. You know that 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 he got himself fired, and now it's a negotiation for the buyout. Um, you know, you know, we'll see what happens, but I, I think that might be a soft landing spot for him. It's re- it's really a a curious thing because I would have bet on Jim McElwain just because of the, the Saban uh, background, two national championships. He coached AJ McCarron, not when he was a runner up for the Heisman, but at a point, you know, when he was developing and, you know, we know what he'd done in the past. So I'm, I'm really surprised that the, the, the offensive issue at Florida is so chronic and it's really inexplicable. It's, it's like seven years now this has been going on. You know what's crazy is that if if I'm Oregon State, like 
before the season or last year and you tell me, hey, your coach in 2018 yeah. is going to be Jim McElwain, you would be jumping up and down and saying, oh, my God, that's awesome. But and your, yeah, your coach wasn't going to be Gary Anderson after six games. Right, that too. <laughs> but, but I guess what I'm getting at here is like if I'm, if I'm an Oregon State fan now, and it's crazy to think that. Oh yeah. And maybe, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm just being a little bit jaded about just what I, the, you know, all the news recently. Are you even that excited about Jim McElwain as your head coach? Like, isn't there some like appeal to having a Jonathan Smith or somebody yeah. who's got some, some, you know? I feel like Jim McElwain, this whole deal from the season they've had and the offensive ineptitude and the uh, and what's come out about that, you know yeah. his. I mean, there's even reports now, like uh, like people writing about how disliked he was in the administration in Colorado State now it's oh, like yeah. almost like all bets yeah. are off at this point yeah. I just wonder if how tarnished he is now with through all this his his accomplishments post Alabama are, are now overshadowed about how he got to that point you know you're talking about how hard you know he was to work with at, at Colorado State in Florida they kind they kind of just you know threw it together at Florida to win it down east uh, that stuff has overshadowed the fact that he won. You know, I think he won ten at uh, Colorado State his last year. Yeah. And and here and and developed. And here's another conundrum. His last year, I think Garrett Gray, I think is his name, was the third quarterback taken in the draft. I think he's a backup with the Saints. Was it Garrett Grayson? Or Grayson. Something? I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, Garrett yeah, Gray. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Garrett Grayson was the third quarterback taken in the draft his draft year, and Jim McElwain coached him. He coached AJ McCarron, all these guys. Uh, two national championship rings, and it goes to Florida and hits a wall. You know, it it doesn't make sense. Mm. Do you think that Florida has a is with all right? So if it is Scott Frost, if it's a Justin Fuente, if it ends up being a Dan Mullen, do you think that there is going to be a an uphill climb for Florida? And Barton, I guess this is also for you too from the recruiting side. But like this, what is it going to take for Florida? How many years do you think Florida is away? from being able to compete where Florida's fans and Florida's administration view that program? I mean, I, from, from my perspective, if they hire the right guy, it's quick. Like, here, here's what – one of my sort of issues with Jim McElwain and, and the offensive system is, like, they, they have these injuries and they try to plug in some young guys and they can't, they can't adapt. Like, look what Scott Frost is doing right now with freshmen and sophomore. Mm-hmm. I, I think if they have a, a spread system that's easier to digest, that's, I mean, there are, you can one recruiting cycle in Florida and you can get absolute dudes on the outside. And so I think it'll be a quicker transition if with the right hire than people realize uh, because Florida is still talented. They are not as talented as they used to be. They're not, they, they don't have top five classes. They have top 15 classes right now. And, and I think it'll be, easy to to flip that switch to top five classes again and i think in the right system those guys can play quickly but that's that's one of my knocks on the pro style stuff in college is those just takes longer to get those guys ready to play Mm. what do you think dennis i i I think they can absolutely turn it around in a in a recruiting cycle because if you get the right guy there the right face because we all know there are players there uh we all you know scott frost could be a pied piper for a quarterback i mean this Mackenzie Milton is is blowing up in uh, in the American at UCF. He one of the leaders in accuracy, nineteen touchdown passes, three interceptions. I think I think I looked it up this week. I think he's number one in pass efficiency at 
at UCF, uh, I'm looking it up right now, he is. He's number one in pass efficiency in the country. So, yeah, I, I, think, I think whoever's there, and if it's the right guy, can energize it right away. And they can turn it around with the backdrop of an SEC East that's still available to anybody who wants to yeah. go grab it, right? Oh, no, well, it's Georgia, trash. Except for Georgia. Oh, yeah, Georgia. Now, now, it's a, now you got one team at well, least got to figure that's it out. right. This, this year, you're right. And, but, you know, we'll, we'll see if they become the Alabama of the East. I'm not so sure of that. No, you're not? I, no, I'm not. Ooh. I'm not. I think we're on the verge of it. I'm, I'm interested to see how – I am interested to see two things. Number one, how Georgia handles this newfound fame. Number one yeah. in the college yeah. football playoff selection committee rankings as of Tuesday night as we sit here to record on Wednesday. Uh, number two, the this is uh, something like when will – my question, when will Jake Fromm be challenged? Will it be this year? Yes. Or will his greatest challenge be Justin Fields – Showing up in 2018 to take his job, or or Jacob Eason. I mean, they have a, an embarrassment of riches at quarterback, an embarrassment of riches at tailback. They should be good for years. Just something in me that historically, you know, it's been what eight or nine years since they won the game. Um, you know, you know, we'll see. Ooh, Let, let's the champions. Can, can we? You know, while we're in the East and with the coaching carousel beginning to spin, can we? Th- talk out loud about think out loud about Tennessee where you think that they can go what kind of I mean first of all Albert Hainsworth's out here on Twitter saying that John Gruden's gonna be the next coach uh, uh, we're not we're, no, we're not we're not buying that right no we're not no not at all no <laughs> all right. and so if, where they can do, they go? if they do if they do then you know Miley Cyrus sells a lot of records too but that doesn't mean she's a great recording artist you know this this guy's a shiny jewel it's a bauble hey? he hasn't recruited he had, he had, I don't even, he hasn't even know the recruiting rules. He hasn't recruited for 26 years in college. He hasn't coached in how many? Somebody tell me that. Um, that's not to say it's he lo- couldn't. It's long enough to where, to where we'd have to look it up. It's, right. it's, not, but, it's not recent memory. But, but somebody's going to have to take John Gruden aside if he gets answered, gets hired and describe to him in detail what the culture, wink, wink, is in the SEC. Okay? He's going to have to get it. He's going to have to dive into that with both feet. So, No. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well. So. So. Let's rule him out. And. Yeah. I. I think. You know. It doesn't seem like Chip Kelly wants to be in the SEC either. No. Um. Where. Where are some realistic places Tennessee can turn for a head coaching spot? Like, is Mike Norvell the guy? Is like I. I don't know. It, like you said, it's just such a weird yeah. cycle. A coach. I, I wonder what you think. Some. Some. Realistic targets could be how about a chad morris mm-hmm. who you know is going to get some i think he's going to get a job this year um i think this might be the year he's kind of dissatisfied with and he has made progress uh but there's a ceiling there and there there he's kind of he's kind of voices concerns about the attendance you know hey we turned it around where are you people it's a thirty thousand seat stadium so, and he's still got a lot of that juice left from Clemson. I think he could be a viable candidate there. Or would he leave the state of Texas? Like, is he just going to wait out well, A&M? Yeah, and what do they do? Uh, right. You know, what, what, is, uh, what does A&M do? What's the magic number for Kevin Sumlin? It looks, it looks a little worse for him right now after Mississippi State. Uh, but what is even their mentality? Do they, you know, are they going to wait till the end of the season and three weeks before the early signing day to do something with all these people in competition with them. Yeah. You know, it, t- Tennessee 
uh, you know, Tennessee can go out there. We, we know Butch Jones is gone. Okay. Tennessee can go out there and, and go after Chad Morris with both barrels if they want to and, and force him to, to make a decision. You know, I don't, he's got to get the high sign from A&M that that's going to be open. What's the, right, so what, what, what are the next name? Cause Mike Norvell, Chad Morris, but then after that, what are the, who are the next names on that list? At at Tennessee or just in, like the what the, about like Dino Babers? Could Dino Babers be a Tennessee answer? Yeah, Dino Babers is going to get a job. And again, a guy has been there two years. These yeah, guys have done it. A lot of these guys in two years. There's going to be a story to be written after everything settles down. Okay, you know this is this is what this is what we're doing now. Um, are these guys really what what they say they are? What we think they are? Uh, I feel like last. Know, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I go ahead. I was saying I feel like last year was it was ripe for a big coaching carousel because you had all these seasoned, like aged, mid-major coaches that were ready for the next step, and all those guys got jobs from PJ Fleck to Matt Rule to Willie Taggart. Yeah, and and now there's this vacuum, and and it's going to be potentially if if A and M comes open and Tennessee comes open and Florida's open all at the same time and Nebraska could come open. And UCLA could come open, and yeah. if all these jobs come open, then all of a sudden you've got this like this huge demand, and the supply just isn't there because they yeah. haven't had a chance to sort of uh, reload, I guess, in the mid major. And that's and that's why I think a school like UCLA, believe it or not, might keep more. I hear his his buyout is huge, and I don't I don't think anybody's written it or something, but it's over ten million. And oh. UCLA is just not a school that throws money around, nor does it pay top dollar. It just doesn't. Um, it's kind of that Pac-12 mentality. So I, I, I actually think if, I don't know, he, he may he may hang on there. They're going to have to make a decision. Another thing is, you know, a school like Florida or anybody that buys out a Matt Campbell or any of these guys, I mean, there's a there's a formula there where the, the turnaround at Florida – Make make the t- the total outlay maybe thirty to forty million dollars to buy out the old staff, uh, to pay you know pay them, uh, to get rid of J- uh, Jim McElwain to hire a new staff, put them in place. And, you know the coordinators in the SEC are going to get three year deals. Uh, you know next guy's going to get five years for upwards of, you know whatever it is twenty five million. I don't know. But you're talking about an outlay. I don't know what the net is, but the outlay is thirty to forty million. <laughs> that's a serious coin. Yeah. yeah, man. I don't. Uh, so that's so UCLA might hold on to its coach. What do you think the chances are right now that Texas A&M does? Boy, that's. I, I think it's more likely they fire him now after Mississippi State. That was a damaging loss. I thought that was a game. The way they were playing, that they would win, and they just got run out of the building, and that—that's what's so maddening to these A and M people. That here we go again, you know. Uh, I think it's more likely because before that game, you could see a nine and three season. Well, now it might be eight and four, seven and five. You know, uh, considering what they had down the stretch, they have LSU at LSU to finish. So you'd have to figure that's a loss. So that's four, right? I don't think you um, have to. I think, yeah, I, I think, not. I don't but know. it's, but it's, but, but it's obviously like they, I bet they go in there as an underdog. It if might they, be a two and a half point yeah. line, but they'll, I bet they'll be underdogs in that game. And they'll, they're underdogs for 15 points. This oh game yeah. Auburn. That's what I was looking at. I was like, if it's back to back blowout losses at home, 
to division opponents. That's it. But do they want? Do they? You know, do they want to get rid of him? You know, there, it, there's probably not a number he can hit. If they want to get rid of him, he's not going to be ten and two because that's the number I heard before the season from a pretty good source. He had to win ten. Remember, Scott Woodward was not not defining yeah. a number. Basically, it was, but he basically said eight and four wasn't cutting it, right? That's right. That's right. So that would figure, you know, nine and three or ten and two, so or better. So let's just say he he doesn't hit that. Yeah, what are you going to get? Does does Chad Morris uh, live in the live in the Aggies? Mm. Uh, I guess I, you know he's an offensive guy. Um, hadn't done much on defense there. Has a you know great accomplishments at uh, at Clemson, but I think that speaks to your question, Barton. It's like, what's the supply going to be? So you how know, about? This, I don't think Chip Kelly goes there because that. I, here's what I think about A and M real quick. They are going to lose candidates. Because of the way this has gone down and the way they've treated Kevin Sumlin. They just are. Mm. Chip, Ke- Chip Kelly's not going within 50 miles of that place after oh. the AD called out Kevin Sumlin, the regent, you know, the racial letter, um, you know, whatever. And, I, I, and Kevin Sumlin has been the, the, the picture of class through this whole thing. I would love to sit down and have a beer with him just let him vent because you know he would. Uh, but anyway, go ahead. Well, what about the other – Clemson coordinator Brent Venables like he's oh. got to take a job eventually right no he doesn't That's, he could be Bud no, Foster <laughs> I wrote I wrote the story last September that I looked I, I did some research he was like there were only three guys in the country at his age he was 45 then that had done as much as him that that weren't head coaches you know power five guys at that level that accomplished and I can't tell you why he isn't a head coach there's all this, there's all kind of stuff, rumors in the background about his time at Kansas State that nobody really knows or knows is true. Or, um, but I, I, you know, I don't know. He makes 1.7 million. You know, his wife, uh, it, it's, you know, is, is the quality of life so good in Clemson that, you know, 1.7 could be, become four or five really quick if he said yes to one of these schools. Yeah. You know, I think he's happy. I think I think he likes it. I don't know, man, but that's a competitive dude, and I just yes, I feel like that's that there's got to be that itch, right? Like I, I I feel like it, but he's now he's forty six, and why had look? There's been jo- There's has there's had to have been jobs out there that he that he could have taken, like Kirby Smart. Kirby Smart waited until the perfect job came along as alma mater, where he knew he yeah. could win. He could win championships. Well, I think that opportunity's probably presented itself to to Brent Venables uh, over the years. And I'm just, I can't, I can't answer that question. Why it doesn't make sense to me that he's yeah. not a head coach. Like there, there are, there are coordinators and, and I don't, this is from afar. Like it's hard to really put mm-hmm. why, but like, like a John Chavis, like he's been a great coordinator, but there's never been a time where I felt like, man, J- Chavis has got to be itching to get that head job. Like he just yeah. seems like a coordinator, you know? Yeah, Venables, he just a, he's just a ball coach. Yeah, yeah he's a ball coach. Yeah. Venables yeah. and and Venables is a ball coach too. Like, but he is he, he has the personality that's oh. so oh. like, you know, it 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 just it's he just smells like a coach, man. He smells like a head coach. He's a face of the program guy. He's got the personality. He's got the chops. He's got the accomplishments, X's and O's, recruiting everything. And I don't, you know, I'm. I don't know. I mean, they just, what do they say? He just, he's just happy here, you know, quality of life. And I go, 
Boy, that doesn't fit college football these days, does it? <laughs> no, it but doesn't. It's a credit to Dabo. It is a credit to Dabo that he's. It, that, it is. It is. You know, that they enjoy working for him and want to stay. Yep. That whole is. staff has continuity. And, you know, they, yep. lo- they lose Chad Morris and they just take uh, Tony Elliott and Jeff Scott, just mm-hmm. promote them. I mean, they've, they've got to be one of the only co coordinators in America with a co coordinator situation that people aren't ripping apart, always trying to guess who's calling the plays. Uh, yeah, man. I don't know. They got that fancy building with the slide, and they do yeah. uh, they do family day on Wednesdays, where all the coaches bring all their families in together, and they uh, I I think you I think you said it right. I think it is a credit to Dabo Sweeney and the CEO status that he has in that program, where yeah. Brent Venables his it, it must I think he finds it a joy to recruit and coach the nastiest defensive players in the country right. and go out there and try and pitch shutouts every week. It's re- it's really easy to like those guys too. It's like th- those four are like the Beatles, you know, they're, they're out there and they're smiling and they're recruiting and they're winning and you see them on the sideline. And I didn't spend a lot of time with Dabo during this run these last two years until the, before the championship game last year. And he just kept talking about, you know, well, we're about having fun. We're about doing this. And it sounded like a cliche. But when he started to explain it, I was like, God, I want to play for this guy. This sounds so cool. <laughs> yeah. If, if you can do it. Uh, all right. So yeah. we, got, we got big games coming up this weekend. Um, let's start in the ACC. Clemson, NC State, Virginia Tech, Miami. Which, which division leader emerges from each side coming out of the weekend? Boy, you'd have you'd have to think that Miami's starting to run out of uh, magical endings. I think Virginia Tech's pretty solid. Yeah, uh, Horseshoe's going to fall. Them, yeah, having seen them against Clemson now, uh, and, and Miami's the injuries have to ca- catch up a little bit. I don't know who they're getting back, but uh, you know, Walton being out is an issue. Um, you know, they almost they almost lost that game uh, to a bad. North Carolina last last week, and, and I, I think Virginia Tech just might be the better team this time. What about in uh, Clemson, NC, NC State? Go ahead, Barton. No, go ahead. I, I, I had nothing. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, I, I would have thought more of it. Uh, upset alert, except that uh, NC State got handled by what I think is a very physical and very good Notre Dame team. I'm, I, I've checked and read and it looks like kelly bryant is 100 percent. and as long as he is um then i i think they've got you know i think they've got the advantage i think obviously they've got the advantage but are they going to win you know how much is uh north carolina state's heart in it after losing that um after losing that notre dame game they're they're everything's still out in front of them in the uh, in the acc and I love their team. I just, you know, Ryan Finley and Chubb and something special is going on there with Dorn. It's just taken a while. So I, I, I still like – and Clemson is on – got their antenna up after Syracuse, so they're well-motivated. I think they'll win. All right, and finally, before we get, get you out of here, what's your score prediction for Alabama-LSU? Boy, how about the number? The number's like over 20. It's like the biggest number in that game I thought I read in 20 years. Um, yeah. And uh, in Alabama with an off week, I you know it, it, it looks like Darius guys running into the belly of the beast, and uh, I'll, I'll and I'm going to that game. So um, 
uh, I will pick the score of I think the last time LSU went in there. It may have been with Leonard Fournette, thirty-one to seven. Thirty-one to seven. That would That's be an Alabama. Exactly what I was thinking too. <laughs> that would be That's an Alabama cover. Uh, you can follow him. He is on Twitter at Dennis.CBS. As he just mentioned, he will be on scene in Tuscaloosa for the big game on Saturday night, which you can see the SEC on CBS Game of the Week on CBS. You can watch it on the stream where you will get uh, Barton and I on the pregame, halftime, and postgame show. So make sure that you tune in and follow Dennis for all the updates from the stadium. Dennis, thank you very much. All right, guys. Thank you.